story eleven part four of around the yule log by willis boyd allen this librivox recording is in the public domain story eleven through the storm part four a few days after this conversation lizabeth entered the kitchen waving an envelope over her head it's accepted she cried i know by the feel of it it's a money order or a check it don't make no difference which abner slack was just coming back from the corner so he called in and post office and brought it along i'm afraid i don't understand said florence who was the only other person in the room whom is it from and to whom is it addressed please why to elsie of course look there she pointed to the name of a well-known periodical printed in an upper corner of the envelope he's been trying to get something into that for these six months past and nothing's ever come back but those old circulars telling how the editor's feeling so bad because the piece is a leetle bit too long or not quite suited or better for some other magazine poor boy he's got so discouraged and put down about it that i didn't know but he'd give up for good then that's why he writes so much but are you sure he wouldn't mind your telling me bless you no he don't make no secret of it he got into the way of writin for the papers while he was schoolin at bowden and when he came home he just made up his mind that that was his callin and that he would stick to farmin for a while until he got money enough to move to the city where he could get at more books about six weeks ago he sent a great thick bunch of paper i'm sure i don't know what tis all about to the magazine and as i told you they've sent back this envelope instead of the bunch so i know it's taken Elizabeth's kind face fairly beamed as she spoke, and her eyes were moist. If you'd known, she went on, wiping them with the corner of her apron, the setbacks that boy's had, and the big pack of them old printed things he's got saved up, he's the most perseverant critter. There, here I am standin' talkin' instead of givin' the letter to him this minute. She ran upstairs in her quick, nervous way, and as they all sat round the uneven table that night, the light in the young man's eyes showed that Elizabeth had not mistaken the contents of the mail. "'I'm trying to do my duty on the farm,' he told Florence afterward, and at the same time to find whether I really have a message to the world, or a part of it, however small.' i always have to remember the reply of the old scotch minister who was asked by an ancient young pulpit aspirant whether he thought he had a call to preach try it mon he said try it and doubtless you'll succeed gin ye find oot if anybody has a call to hear ye i shouldn't want to be sticket he added smiling but pardon me mr wesley what kind of writing do you mean to do there are so many branches you know poetry fiction history essays that is just what i must discover the main thing is not the form but the substance i want to write that which will comfort and strengthen people help them when they are in trouble give them rest when they are tired make life bright and cheery for them when the world seems gray he spoke with kindling eyes if i have ever written if i shall ever write a line that does not in some poor way however feeble tend to this result i pray that it may be blotted out destroyed with the paper on which it is printed this talk was followed by others of like nature by degrees wesley finding a sympathetic listener always ready and a kind but firm critic as well fell insensibly into the habit of reading at first passages here and there 
afterwards whole articles to the gentle dark-haired girl who was so quick to catch the deeper significance he had intended in this or that turn of thought and reflect it in her intent brown eyes so the spring wore on and then came summer with its long fair days its fragrant hay-fields its never-ceasing chirp and whirl of insect life month after month passed and still florence lingered with her kind friends with the oppressive heats of august the old man had felt his strength fail rapidly and spent much of his time within doors lying upon the lounge or in the stuffed rocking-chair and needing many little offices from those around this special duty florence from the first assumed and more loving care or regard to his slightest want he could not have received from a granddaughter she would read or talk softly to him by the hour would listen patiently to his childish halting speech and move lightly to and fro in his service until he would have no one else about him lying perfectly still with half-closed eyes when she was out of the house until the familiar footfall or the pleasant voice told of her return as the flowers in the little garden fell before the early frosts and the maple boughs began to kindle through the mellow autumn haze the life of the old man weary with its long stay upon earth was plainly preparing to lay aside its worn-out garments and one bright september morning when the first rays of the sun found their way through the little window-panes of the low-browed east chamber florence knew that the moment had come she had been sitting up all night and now stepped quickly across the kitchen to call the other members of the household they came and the final long tired breath was drawn at last they waited but no more came wesley turned to florence took her hand and held it silently for a moment and then in the quiet country way went out to give notice of the death have the bell tolled and arrange for the funeral in the loneliness that fell upon the old house during the next few weeks florence made no effort to go it was plain that she was needed for death no matter how long or fully expected is an awful visitor at the last and leaves behind him an oppression which cannot be soon thrown off so it was florence who quietly carried away the funeral flowers after the family had returned from the little churchyard it was she who threw open the blinds of grandfather's room and let in the sweet fresh sunshine and it was she who without forcing an unwelcome cheerfulness upon the rest was nevertheless the light of the house from the time when her bright face full of sympathy greeted elizabeth in the grey november mornings until the three gathered about the cosy tea-table by the flickering light of the fire once her mother came down for a visit of a day or two which lengthened into a fortnight she had offered to pay for her daughter's accommodations to the intense astonishment and displeasure of elizabeth she earns her board every bit of it said that lady with energy i don't know what i would do without her workin and singin around the house you just let her stay till she wants to go that is ma'am if you can spare her yourself she's gainin in health every day of her life and when she's ready she'll take hold as she never did before i can tell you so matters were left as they were until with a start florence remembered one bright cold afternoon 
that it was just a year since she had been carried in through the front door that bitter night wesley had come in from his work a few moments before glowing with the exercise and the keen air to ask her to take a sleigh ride with him that evening the roads were fine he said and the colt not having been out for a week was in the best of spirits there was a full moon too and they would celebrate christmas eve by this drive just by way of contrast with that of a year ago in gayest mood therefore florence stood upon the broad door-stone in front of the house when a few hours later the colt came jingling up from the barn with a light step plainly considering the sleigh and its load the most stupendous joke conceivable really nothing at all for a strong young fellow like him it was difficult for him on the whole to realize that he was in harness at all that his driver however was hardly inclined to allow him to forget that fact was evident from the even steady rain and the firm voice behind it for a few moments as florence took her place beside wesley she felt unaccountably shy this soon wore off in the rush of sweet cool air past their cheeks and the wonderful beauty of the night how the starlight twinkled and danced from each little bright point above the white silent world waiting for the far-off chords of angel music christmas eve no sound in the air but the silvery voice of the bells and the murmur of the pines peace peace on earth wesley stooped to arrange the heavy fur robe more warmly about his companion then he turned and looked into her earnest upturned face do you know he said quietly what i should label my picture if i were to paint your portrait a brown study florence laughed a little i was only thinking how very contented i was and how much more happiness this christmas looks back upon than the last miss amory are you in the mood for answering questions to-night he felt her start slightly under the robe because you know you have never passed that examination there was something in his voice an earnestness underlying his light words that made her turn her head quickly to meet his glance at that moment they were passing through a belt of woods where the brightness of the sky and the faint light of the rising moon made the shadows cower thick and black beside every log and snowy mound whether the young horse had spied one of these stretching on to the road or she had jarred the reins by her involuntary movement florence never knew it happened like a lightning stroke the sudden quiver of the colt from head to foot and at the same instant the sharp word of command from wesley then the plunge ahead in one terrified glance at the half-maddened animal she saw a fragment of leather hanging from the foam-covered bit the rain had parted under the strain and the remnant lay loose and worse than useless in the driver's hand the horse was bounding wildly along the icy road with the light sleigh swaying from side to side half the time upon one runner threatening every moment to overturn florence will you do what i say yes she did not mind the name were they not altogether in the shadow of death oh that awful whirl of hoof-beats the utter helplessness of it all the mockery of the cushioned seats and warm wraps but there was no time for thought 
wesley was taking the heavy buffalo robe and turning it with quick skilful hands as she had seen him turn a paper at home when he was reading aloud to them all in the quiet evenings around the old brick fireplace his calmness gave her strength take this corner he said hold it with the fur up now let the rest of the robe fall slowly under the dasher in front of the whiffle tree when i give the word lower the hole instantly as i do keeping your hold of the upper corner so that the lower part will clog the runners do you understand she nodded there was little time now to spare they knew the road well enough to remember the clump of oaks just ahead of them there was a sudden turn there to avoid a ledge where the workmen had blasted for the bridge last summer florence crouched in the bottom of the sleigh set her teeth hard and with both hands buried in the long fur waited the ledge came in sight ugly and black now for an instant it seemed as if the slender wrists would break or that she must be drawn over the dasher and thrown under the horse's hoofs she never thought of letting go her hold all her new england heroism came to her aid and the robe did not gain an inch gradually the tired horse felt the heavy drag aided by a slight ascent in the road his speed slackened the wild run became a clumsy gallop slower slower then came the soothing tones of his driver and he turned his ears back to listen in another moment wesley was out of the sleigh and at his head the danger was over the full moon was now looking down from the eastern sky and pouring its flood of dreamy light over the cruel ledges wesley led the trembling horse now wholly subdued to an oak beside the road and fastened him securely enough this time then he went back to the sleigh he had not spoken before she was still crouching in front of the seat with her pale face resting against the cushions it was a very white little hand that was held out in the moonlight to meet his he took it and did not let it go florence he felt the little hand flutter in his own but still he did not let it go half turning he drew the torn robe about her his hand lingering on every fold florence may i try to keep you from cold and darkness and death so long as i live ah how quick his ears were to catch that wee shadow of a whisper no one else could have heard it as he gathered her white face brown hair little hand fur robe and all in his own strong arms for a moment that one word is my christmas song he said softly little princess shall we go and he took his post at the horse's head it was a wonderful ride back over the gleaming road with that tall silent figure walking before as they turned aside into the little open space in front of the gray old house and halted once more by the doorstone he came quickly to her side and held out his arms as he had a year ago only this time he said simply with a great gladness in his voice come florence we have reached home end of story eleven end of around the yule log by willis boyd allen